Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to the James Pierre episode number 42 of the Still City Insider. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you this fine morning? I'm good, Jeremy. I I really think it should be a Jackie Robinson episode 42. There's only one 42. Can you think of another? I try to do a quick Google search. Um, Dick Hoke? Uh, yeah, I thought he was 41, no? 42, huh? That's 42. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, hey, we'll go with uh, the Jackie Robinson, Dick Hoke episode. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think that's probably a bit more fitting, but today... Yeah, James Pierre played. I was surprised. I kept seeing his number. I, I, I couldn't see what his role was. Was he the dime back? I, I wasn't sure, but he played. He did. He did, and uh, he's redeemed himself a bit from last year. And we're going to talk all about that 16-10 to 10 loss to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to talk about Matt Canada. We're going to talk about Kenny Pickett. And we're also going to talk about the contest this weekend. Um, it's going to be super challenging. The Steelers are going to take on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia the day before Halloween. That city is fired up. They're baseball teams in the World Series. I'm living out here in the heart of it, so I got to hear about it. We'll talk about all that, um, but Jim, let's jump right in to the to the loss here. It was a close game. They had every opportunity to win it. The defense really stepped it up the second half, uh, but really a young offense, um, you know, young quarterback in there, uh, you know, a lot of hiccups. What's your take on this past Sunday night's game? I, I was really stunned that they had a chance to win, <clears throat> not only one chance, but two chances, you know, at the end. So um, it was uh, uh, exciting, surprisingly, especially after the lead. I, I did pick Miami by six, 26-20. Uh, um, I thought the offense would erupt for 20 points. <laughs> still crawling, still crawling. Uh, so um, I was right in what, that regard, but wow. I really was surprised they had a chance after the way it started. I, I I knew Miami was loaded with speed, and it sure looked that way from the start, man. Yeah. But uh, the defense adjusted. The defense, you know, after a week after Tom Brady with all the injured players, with the James Pierre was the captain, I think, of that unit last week with all those injuries. And uh, I, I'm not knocking James. He's a good dude. Uh, it's just that uh, after last year, I didn't know if he would even make the team. Mm-hmm. Now, last week he started, did well against Tom Brady. The entire defense did well against Tom Brady, carried it over this week against, uh, wow, such an electric atmosphere. Tua was back at quarterback. This is the team that beat the Bills, which beat the Steelers 38-3. to mm-hmm. So <laughs> all of the you know, Tua's been injured for three weeks. That's why nobody's really made a, a, a big uh, – fuss about the Dolphins, but they're good. And wow, that, you know, the seven, nothing lead was one thing. And then when the Steelers held them to two field goals uh, and it was only 13, nothing, that's when the tide started turning and you thought guzzle away, baby, guzzle that coffee. This morning. I got to, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so, uh, retired now. I got to, you know, this is early for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, um, you know, let's let's talk about that offense. Uh, in your column, you, you talked about this. We forget that this is a young 
offensive unit with a rookie quarterback in there, a rookie wide receiver in Pickens, uh, a young offensive line, really a running back uh, only in the second year, that it's going to take time for this unit to develop. Did you see any signs of development from this group? And I guess forecasting ahead, how long do you think it's going to take for them to build some cohesiveness so that they can be effective? Well, I mean, you're not going to see the improvement on the field as it happens. This is part of the process. You don't see a, a piece of coal turn into a diamond. You just see the diamond. And this is part of the, the grind. This is what Kenny Pickett just went through. Now they go talk about his mistakes. And he really probably doesn't need to talk to about them because now he, he understands them better. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, this is so big in his development. And it's not just the rebuilding because he deserves this. He played so well in preseason. They hesitated probably because they knew, as as one of the announcers, I forget who the Collins were, said, you could tell the rookie quarterbacks by by the guys that use the entire wristband. And at one point you saw Pickett looking at page two. I didn't know there was page two. (laughs) So that's part of the reason why he didn't start the opener. There's so much to learn. Then Mitch was so unprepared. I I don't want, I don't, I don't want to say unprepared. He didn't get the results at all. Mm -hmm. And he did upon further uh, usage. When he came back in, yeah, that's why I thought Mason Rudolph should have been the bridge because he didn't have to go through the learning process of the, the offense. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, Pickett is, has not been thrown in because of a rebuild. He has deserved it, but you still have to realize he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most difficult position in all of sports. Yeah. And – on fourth and four, when he threw that bullet into Pat Fryermuth down the middle of the field with, with two minutes left or whatever, how much time was ticking away, boy, you could see, wow, this is why. This is why you put up with these mistakes. And then the wobbly picks, you know, the really unforced errors, uh, then you could see, man, this is a rookie, so let's blame the play caller. Yeah. So that's what Pittsburgh has done. Uh, you know, it wasn't like that with Mason Rudolph in his first year as the starter. I know it was his second year. He was probably, I, I, I'm i am pretty sure I bet on it that he was a younger age than Pickett is now. Um, <clears throat> he would have a game like this and uh, Mike Tomlin would say he's killing us. Uh, um, Kenny Pickett uh, throws two picks in the last two minutes and he's he's competing. He's battling. It's an entire outlook for Kenny Pickett. He's getting it all. And I'm glad. Uh, uh, Mason Rudolph deserved that. But what, when, when, what goes along with this free ride that Pickett's enjoying, I mean, it, quarterbacks don't usually get this in Pittsburgh. He's a first-round pick. He deserves it for that. But he's also from the University of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So he's more beloved. And that's, that's wonderful. So I think uh, that's part of the reason that the uh, intensity of uh, dislike is ratcheted up against someone else, in this case, the play caller. Yeah. And I'm not defending this guy. I, I, I don't know enough to know. I, I've always said Mike Tomlin 
I've always said Mike Tomlin knows what his coordinators give him better than I do for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I, I don't see the play calling being that bad. I just don't. Uh, there were some plays I hated. There were two plays on one drive that I really hated. And then they scored a touchdown. So it's like, well, <laughs> who cares about that? It was yeah. first half stuff. Or, or, no, well, first half, second half. But I mean, he can't really rip the, the worst play calls when they had a touchdown on the drive. Anyway, your thoughts. I, I, I've babbled on about this. I've taken the heat from the message board. They told me that there are no rookies on that offensive line, even though it's an entirely new line. I, I, Dan Moore's back for his second year. He played there last year. Chooks was thrown into right tackle last year. So their tackles are back. Entire new interior. Uh, Najee's not a rookie um, to his second year. Uh, yeah. Pickens is a rookie, but the other guys aren't. Fryermuth's in his second year. So it's not maybe not as young as I seem to want people to think. I, what I think, so what I write. Uh, so uh, anyway, that's uh, uh, my thoughts and also uh, the reverberations I've got on our message board. So go ahead. Feel free to guzzle yeah. your coffee and talk to me about <laughs> why they need a new offensive coordinator this week. Yeah, well, no, I th- so, Jim, the, the one thing that I wanted to talk about was, you know, definitely seeing the moxie, the confidence from Kenny Pickett. But I know something we talked about at training camp over the summer was, you know, the, the hand size playing in the rain and the the drive and the velocity on those deep, deep passes, especially that last inter- the last two interceptions. Um, and I'm not trying to draw any hard final conclusions this early on this young man's career, but. Were those throws indicative of him not having that elite NFL arm? Is he going to be able to overcome that? Or is is that not an issue of arm strength? It's just a matter of bad decision-making with Pickett. It's a good question that has to be answered with time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. Uh, you notice the way I put it in my column, uh, I'm a tad concerned. Mm-hmm. It has to enter your mind. But for me to draw any hard, fast conclusions – I, I can't, I, it, it, you know, it seemed like during the rain with his small hands, uh, same exact size as mine. And I can't grip an NFL ball. Mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed every time a ball bounces over to me in practice. So he puts gloves on, seems to work. Uh, it's bound to enter my mind when I see it, when I see those wobbly picks, mm-hmm. but you have to, I mean, Wobbly picks are part of every quarterback. I'm sure Dan Marino threw wobbly picks. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to keep in mind. But, um, you know, like that fourth and four, that, that gun down the middle of the field, there was no wobble on that, man. And it was raining then. Right. So, and, and I, you know, I've seen him throw long, 65 yards in the air. I don't want to say he doesn't have elite NFL arm strength. So, but it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. 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 And I think it's just give, giving him time to develop and grow. And like you said, he is getting this opportunity and it, it's quite possible. And I think Steelers nation needs to accept this, that it could be until the end of the season to you really see him come into his own or not until 2023. I also well, want to, let, let me also say, let me also say this, Jeremy, um, the one pick that wobbled and was pointed out that it wobbled, Mm-hmm. Um, was third and 16, third and 15, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those DBs were way back. 
they were they they were they were ball hawking for anything he could throw. So, man, that's tough. That's tough. So, accusing him of not having the arm strength to deliver on third and sixteen when everybody had to play it. I mean, it, it, we knew we knew what the time was left. We knew the game was on the line. Those DBs weren't and weren't going to worry about anything else yeah. except that first down. Right. So let's give him that break. Right. And, and then I and wanna... that's all I'm saying. I, I, I'm not blaming him, but I, I think if you look at the game, you, you, you say, wow, the quarterback let them down. But we all know he's a rookie, so we don't want to give our full force of blame to him. And that's why I believe everybody's ripping the coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm just trying to get the coordinator break. It's a growth process. There's no reason to get mad about this at all. I don't know that anybody really expected much this year anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, two weeks ago, I wrote that, hey, one in 16 is a possibility. And then they beat Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go to my daughter's soccer game because, uh, hey, if they go one in 16, there might be a book in there, the amazing Mets kind of thing, you know, funny, clownish buffoonish play and they beat Tampa Bay and then the defense plays like a, a top five NFL defense against Miami so you know there's there's excitement and man they were one touchdown away they put it in the end zone so you're not going to blame the kid because it's really hard and he's playing good enough that you don't want to boo him you don't want to bash him so let's bash the coordinator and a lot of people have good reason I don't know enough about X's and O's. I'm not a coach. Mm-hmm. I just don't see horrible play calling. I, I see mistakes being made. The third and one sneak, you know, when there was some kind of double shift, I guess Gentry moved a little bit while Boykin was in motion. Man, that's a small mistake. And that, co- that might have cost him the game right there. Who do you blame? I guess Gentry for a little itty-bitty the play call, the, the the game announcers blame the play call because Boykin was going to go in motion and shove Pickett from behind on the sneak. I like that. They yeah. said too clever. He shouldn't have gone in motion at all. Maybe that's so. So I guess we can blame the coordinator. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't well, know. it goes back to execute. Yeah. I mean, there have been plays throughout the season. I think it was the Cleveland game. Jalen Warren had that 34-yard screen pass that would have set him up to score. And I think that was in the first half. It could have been a completely different outcome. And I think that that's the – as much as we think that football is predictable and if you do A, you're going to get B, the bounces have to go your way as well. There, I, I firmly believe that there is an element of luck that plays into it. Sure, you can prepare. Um, but there's also the boneheaded mistakes too, like some of the penalties that are, are just hindering this team. Well, well- – that screen wasn't that screen an ineligible receiver downfield yeah. because of an RPO. Yep. So uh, okay, there was only one ineligible receiver this week. It was it, I think it was a key moment, and it hurt. But it was only one, and you know why? Because they've they've got rid of a lot of RPOs, mm-hmm. which caused that problem. And then you know our guys on the message board want to know what happened to the RPOs. Yeah. So. It's frustrating losing. That's yeah. all this is. That's all this is. And I, I just, I just hope fans stop turning on each other. It really. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough season, but it's a growth season. It's for sure a growth season. 
And I think that's a good good segue. I don't think we need to keep hitting on the game here, but <clears throat> there are 10 games left to go in the season. And I wanted to just go through this list with you. So they obviously have the Eagles this weekend, which is going to be very difficult. Then they have the bye, and hopefully at that point you have T.J. Watt coming back. And then if you look at it from there, home versus the Saints and Bengals, at the Colts and Falcons, home against the Ravens, at the Panthers, the Raiders, which is going to be that Christmas Eve game, which should be pretty spectacular, at the Ravens, and then home versus the Browns to close out the season. So they have 10 more games, right? In order for Tomlin to avoid his first losing season, they can't lose more than three. How do you see this shaping out? How do you see it playing out over these last 10 games? Is there enough talent and focus from this offensive unit to band together and string together some wins uh, to make a little bit of a run to respectability? I'm not even saying playoffs. Playoffs? I'm not going there. But just looking at what they have left. What's your take on how the rest of the season plays out? I, I, I would hope the coach is only taking it one game at a time. And this Eagles game, I know it's huge for you, Jeremy, in Philadelphia. <laughs> I hope you're a Phillies. I hope you're a Phillies fan because I hear good things about the Phillies. I'm, I may even I'm, take I'm them a as Pittsburgh a, fan. I am Western. Well, PA. I'm going to be a uh, Phillies fan in the World <laughs> Series. I'm take. I'm going to take them. I'm sure they're. Big underdogs, but I hear they're a interesting underdog type. From baseball, people tell me that they're going to be a good value bet. Even I mean, they lose. Astros are going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're not even cheating. <laughs> this is like, man, it's like rooting for the Patriots when they're not cheating. It's like, well, they're not cheating. Can't you root for them? No. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Oh, it's just one game at a time. I'm not looking at ten games. I'm looking for growth from Kenny Pickett and that offense. And it's up to the coach to decide whether he's going to need uh, a, a better mentor next year, a better quarterback guru. Uh, I, I'm not uh, 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 doubting Mike Sullivan. I'm talking about the offensive coordinator. That mm-hmm. seems to be the one in question. And Mike Tomlin's going to have to make that decision. He's going to have to use these last 10 games. Respectability, you know, just one game at a time. You know how football is Mm -hmm. and the Eagles they haven't won in Philadelphia since 1965 and maybe this is a 1960 huh it's the Bermuda Triangle for the Steelers it is it's not a veteran stadium was brutal I mean it's uh the undulating turf and it's not at veteran stadium and so that that strange place was part of the reason they couldn't win there so maybe they win at the link it's the link, right? It's the link. It could get. It could be really ugly. I'm. 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 I'm a little worried. Well, they're eleven and a half point dogs. Yeah. So everybody expects it to be ugly. The day before you're, Halloween, you're looking for progress. You're looking for growth. And Tomlin will keep this team together. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. You're looking for growth. You're and you know he's going to say all oh, all that matters is a win, and he better say that because to them that's all that matters. But to me, as an observer. I, I want to see growth from the quarterback, and I believe we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, stay out of that that progress. Just don't don't ruin that progress for any sim- silly reasons. I, I would hate to see you know if he's concussed, keep him out. He didn't look concussed. He didn't look like he played concussed. I've seen concussed quarterbacks. Now I never bet on concussed quarterbacks. Back in the day when they would play the next week, they were always a great bet against. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't see that. I didn't see anything for Pickett. Um, so I don't know. So are you saying but, they have uh, a chance Sunday? 
uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but then there's the buy right after. And then, you know, usually the the young kids get all, all the practice work uh, in the bye week. Well, those young kids are going to be the starters. They're all going to, the starters will stay the starters throughout the bye week because yeah. they're all the young kids. Now, what's interesting this week is whether they activate Calvin Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't look great in practice. Um, looks rusty. He, he doesn't inspire faith as a punt returner. Mm-hmm. His hands are a little hard. Yeah. Gunner fields flawlessly in practice. Gunner didn't fumble last week. Gunner had a few decent gains. Looks confident back there if Sims isn't ready to return. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Calvin Austin's going to be activated or not. Yeah. And we saw what speed can mean. We watched the Dolphins. We yeah. saw what speed can mean. Calvin Austin brings that 4-3 speed that the Steelers don't have. But uh, I think we are learning about some of the things they do have. Yeah. Uh, Pickens, I expect him to get worked into the offense more and more and more. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I see Najee look better this week. So uh, I expect more from him, particularly as a receiver. And Jalen Warren looked, looked really good, too. Yeah. And so, I, I, I mean, continue to grow with him. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it, uh, Jeremy. I don't know. I, I asked you, I, we had some technical difficulties, and I asked you what you didn't like about the coordinator, and you gave a long response that was all cut out. <laughs> so if you want to say anything now, because I, I know you came back and didn't really rip into him, but your, your thoughts, people yeah. want to know what you think. So I, I think the biggest thing for me is just I don't see like I'm is it Mike McDaniel from the Dolphins just watching that offense and some of the play calling and how things are building off of the concepts that they're running and how there's a willingness to attack the entire field, not just the the perimeters. And I know there was the the middle of the field strike, the Freyer move there late in the game. But looking at the passing chart from the game, you know, the the middle of the field is completely open just with the, the, the routes that were run. So um, I think your, your column maybe made me step back a little bit and be like, all right, well, you got to look at the the entire picture, but you know, the, the other piece too, I was reading a stat this morning. I forget who it was from on Twitter. Just uh, it's Josh Roundtree said, Matt Canada has been the offensive coordinator of Steelers for 25 games. They've scored over 20 points in regulation, just five times all last season. So you know, it, and this is a results-based business, and I understand that it's you're working with what you're working with, um, uh, but, right? But you know. a coach can't be black and white. Coach has to understand the gray area. Mm-hmm. I know the fans; it's a, it's black and white. It's results-based. Yeah. Uh, but I would hope Art Rooney understands when he's deciding whether to re-up Mike Tomlin, whenever that is. Uh, that those 25 games, all of a sudden he had to have a new offensive line. Uh, Two people suddenly retired and a third left. And the year before a fourth had left. Uh, So all of a sudden a new offensive line needed uh, with, without anything in the pipeline. Yeah. And um, so they needed to do that with a 39 year old quarterback. And uh, so uh, those 25 games, now he has a rookie quarterback. So I, I know it's results based. I hope there's some gray, area thinking going on, which intelligent people usually use. As far as the middle of the field, um, that's where a rookie quarterback is picked off. Those were mistakes happen. When mistakes happen in the middle of the field, they're intercepted. But uh, the uh, uh, middle of the field was open for the last drive when they needed it. 
there wasn't one but three throws into the tight end, into the middle of the field to get where they were before the third and one debacle and everything regressed from there. So I'll just say that. But uh, you make points that a lot of people I respect are making about the offensive coordinator. So it's taken in good faith. Yeah. Well, hey, here's all that matters to me. Just just get the win in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's all I want this year. I'm good. All right, if you get that, then give me the Phillies in the World Series. Can you do that? It's it done. Okay. Done. All right. So if you got the Steelers winning in Philly, I got the Phillies winning the World Series. If the Steelers win in Philly, I'll do something special for next week. Don't, go. don't say that. Don't say that. People <laughs> say that stuff, then it happens. Now, now you're standing there naked in front of us. No, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll spare the <laughs> audience that. So, but anyway, I think that's a good segue. Uh, we appreciate you viewers so much. Thank you for joining us for episode 42. We'll be back here next week, hopefully talking Steelers victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. Check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study. In between now and Sunday's game, have a great weekend, great Halloween, and Jim, hope you have an awesome week. All right, Jeremy, you too. Thanks. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.